This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great to have baseball back. This is On The Mark. See you every Wednesday at noon Central Time. Jake Valeris, good to see you, buddy. How's it going? We're starting with Giancarlo Stanton, his Yankee home debut. Did not go particularly well. Five at-bats, five strikeouts. You could have done just as good as Giancarlo Stanton. And Yankee fans, not Philly fans, Yankee fans, they are a little hostile in New York, too. Booing Giancarlo Stan, the man who had 59 home runs, the NL MVP, the man who had two home runs on opening day, and they're booing him. So we start there, Jake Willarius. Was it wrong for New York to turn on Giancarlo Stan in game one at home? This is not the way life should be. Not only has my opinion on this changed, it was my mind was changed by Giancarlo Stan. When I read this, I was like, oh, they're booing him. Why are they doing that? That's mean. He's good. He hit two, like, he's, he's clearly good. He's National League MVP. What are we talking about? And then I saw his post-game interview by his locker, and all the reporters are asking him, oh, they're booing you. What's up with that? And he was like, I sucked. You deserve to be booed when you play like that. And I was like, eh, fair point. Well, okay, so there was a, a great Chicago Cub back in the day. Alfonso Soriano signed a huge deal. was unrelated. Right. Well, it, well, the point is that he got booed, and he would always say the same thing. Fans can do whatever they want. There's a ton of players throughout time. Yeah, all, yeah. That's what you say. You never say, screw yeah. the fans, because that's a bad way to go. You always say, hey, they paid their money. They deserve to. I was terrible. It's okay. Booing is part of the deal. Like, I get the mature take, but he just. I don't I, think it's classy, but do you expect anything else from Yankees fans? Yes. Uh, that is what makes New York what it is. That's what makes playing that in that environment so special. I mean, I hate that team, but, you know, give them credit. To be a great Yankee, you got to turn up. You got to be able to deal with the extra crap that comes. And this is true across their teams, not just the Yankees. And I think this is aggressive first home game. He's been good before this game. And, you know, maybe you can say have a little class, but I'm okay with it. I, I really am. This is kind of surprising you, to me. I didn't expect that I would be, but I really wait, am. Hold on a second. When you go to a game and one of your players who you root for stinks, do you boo him? No. You don't? No. But you don't hold other fans to the standards that you bring for yourself? Yes. I, I wouldn't really call them standards. To me, I would a, call them a philosophy of about, you know, how I think about watching the game, what I'm there for as a fan. I'm not there to heckle guys. You know, that's just not my personality is not why I would spend the money on a ticket. But 
If you want to do it, go ahead. It's not my problem. Okay, so you're letting everyone live their life. You're, yes. You're, okay. Yes. So, Freedom of booing. So let's say, okay, let's say you're. It's a huge, important game, and it, and it, and you want your guys to have the best frame of mind, right? And if the dude strikes out three times his first time up, he might have a fourth time. This game is really important. You want him in a positive frame of mind, and everyone's booing him. Would that bother you? If there's real evidence to suggest the guy is being psyched out by the crowd, and so, this is true. Some guys this happens to, you know. It can't help, can it, right? Be, getting booed, there's no way that maybe the— I, I mean, guess, if you're wired, right, some guys, you know, that's going to get them going. That's going to be, I'm going to prove these idiots wrong. You know, I wouldn't want that sort of relationship with my own home fans, but, you know, everyone's different. These are hyper-competitive guys, and I think Stanton's going to be all right. For the record, he struck out four times swinging, one time looking, three times against Chris Archer, once against relievers Austin Pruitt and Sergio Romo. Uh, five strikeouts in a game has done been done eight times by a Yankee, the last one to do it. I'm guessing you don't know that. Neither did I until looking it up. David Adams, 2013. Um, yeah, I don't even know who that is. Yeah, right. So, at any rate, but here, here's, here's, here's one little variable that I want to throw out there. Okay. It was a brutal weather day in the Bronx. Four inches of snow at the start of the day. It's, it, we shouldn't be playing baseball. It's freezing out there. You have the pure diehards who are left in the eighth inning for his fifth strikeout that are sitting there in three and a half hours of cold because they just love the Yankees that much or because they have nothing else to do or because they're really drunk and they don't feel the cold. So at that point, like to the diehard point, like if you're willing to sit out there in three and a half hours of cold to the eighth inning to watch Giancarlo stand in an 11-4 win, by the way, game was close for a while, but an 11-4 win, I'll I'll give you the right to go. Right, I mean, also to build off of that, like people who don't care don't boot. No one's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll go to the Yankees this afternoon. Some tickets fell on my lap. Nobody boos who goes to a game like that. They sit there, they drink their beer, they eat their popcorn, whatever it is. They're not booing a guy. If you're booing someone, it's because you really care or you're, you know, unhinged or whatever. I once booed Todd Zeal when he was a Cub. I mean, Todd yeah. Zeal. So basically, and I felt need... like a complete idiot. But you did it. But I did it. That's it what happened. counts. But it was a weak moment for me. I bet he remembers your face. He stared, and I had a great seat. He <laughs> stared right in the crowd. Like, it, it, I, I think he was looking for me. I think I hit. All right, let's move on to uh, on the field, the fascination that is Shohei Otani. Yes. First major league at bat, he gets a single. His first MLB start, he gets a win, looked nasty on the mound. And then last night, first home game, first at bat, two strikes, three-run homer, goes three for four in an Angels win. Uh, Before Shohei Otani, the last player to win a game, hit a first-inning home run uh, within the next two days, that would be Babe Ruth, June 13 and 14, 19, 21. I... uh, Shockingly, was not was not uh, <laughs> no. alive at that point. No, so uh, the point here is, you look at Shohei Otani, great story, maybe going to be the great story of the whole year. And simple question: Can more people? Will there be more Shohei Otanis in the future? Guys that pitch, guys that hit. I'll let you start. I, I have my thoughts on this. This is it's kind of amazing to me. Actually, I'll go ahead here that there aren't more Shohei Otanis. But go ahead. No. Uh, this is not something that's determined by how cool it is. You know, we could say, oh, why aren't there more Mike Trouts who can do every single thing in the game extremely well? The, the issue isn't that it's not a good or valuable thing to have on a team. The issue is you need to be absurdly talented to be able to do that. The reason we don't see more of them is because 
nobody's that good. I mean, even pitchers who have, you know, some sort of track record at the plate who have, you know, occasionally hit home runs. And there are a few pitchers around baseball who are like that, especially in the National League, guys who have a bit of power, maybe come with a big hit now and then. But to be so good that you justify a regular place in the lineup that might jeopardize your ability to pitch at the top of your game, people aren't that good. You can't be going to a little kid and say, hey, I want you to be the next Shohei Otani. That, you know, if he turns out to be that good, maybe, fair enough, we'll talk about it then. But you can't base precedence on a, just a freak of nature talent like this. So I'm going to go back in time and imagine the same conversation was had at some point. You can't hit both lefty and righty. You're good as a righty. You can't be good as a lefty. And then somebody, you know, then switch hitters came along, right? The best players when you're growing up, they're normally the pitchers and then they step up and they hit 500 in little league in high school. I mean, that's how it goes. So I don't really understand how it couldn't happen on the big league level. And we're always raising the bar, right? People are working out harder. They're working out longer. They're working out smarter. You, you can't tell me that, and yes, you have to be really talented, but you're a professional athlete playing professional baseball. You're a really talented person. I'm, I'm just surprised that more people haven't figured this out. You don't have to spend your whole life pitching all day long and hitting. You can, here's a nice solid one hour block I'm going to hit every day or 30 minutes, whatever it is. And then I'm going to, you know, and then I'm going to go to throw my side. I don't, I, I don't see how it's, I think that it will happen. I don't think, I don't really. As, don't, as far as MLB teams are concerned, it's about maximizing the talent at your disposal. What we've seen that that means over the past, you know, decade plus is increased specialization. We now have a starting pitcher. We have a pitcher for the seventh inning, the eighth inning, the ninth inning. We have pitchers who come in to get out the lefty in the lineup. Everything is so we even now have platooning in the field where guys are coming in for specific scenarios to do specific things. Right, We're going to have somebody run with the right leg and the other one's going to run with their left. (laughs) Exactly. The thinking behind this is that, okay, we have a guy who's extremely good in these situations. We want to maximize his talent in those situations. By far the most specialized talent in Major League Baseball, possibly in any professional sport anywhere, is starting pitching. That is a very, very unique skill that a lot of guys can't do. If you have a lights-out starting pitcher, Clayton Kershaw level, you know, Shohei Otani level, what he was in Japan, you do not compromise that by getting maybe a slightly above-average bat in the lineup. Those guys are knocking around all over the place. So you maximize the most high-leverage skill that you have, and you ensure that it is able to execute the highest level it can. You're also trying to maximize your roster, right? If you have this guy who can be your yeah. DH and your pitcher, that's a huge edge. And you're right. Uh, you're going to have to. You're not going to mortgage a great pitcher for somebody who's going to hit 200. Shohei Otani is getting this opportunity because he's potentially going to be a great hitter too. He hit. I mean, and on the early going for me. I like him on the mound. He's throwing 96, 98, 99, 98, 100 mile an hour fastballs. Then he's got a nasty split, and he can throw a changeup too. Uh, that stuff looks overpowering at the plate. I don't really like his swing. Like he's he's moving a lot. He looks he looks susceptible to the inside fastball. The ball he hit out yesterday was a curveball. It was slow. It was hanging. It was in the inside portion of the plate. He should have whacked it. I, I'm I'm a little skeptical on his hitting, but so there's that. But. Again, as raising the bar here, a super talented guy, I don't see why you can't figure out how to do both. Man. You're, especially if you're a starter, and now starters, hey, we can't let you throw over 100 pitches. We got four other days. You should be well-rested. You can't yeah, go out I, there and well, DH. Look, first of all, it's definitely cool 
would I hate it if guys were doing this more often? You know, if they were like, oh, hey, Madison Bumgarner. I mean, he's injured now, but here, bat in the lineup every three days, whatever. Yeah. You know, that would be cool. I would enjoy to see that. I don't know if it's smart, but I enjoy it. But the other side of this is the big concern in the long term is health. How does a guy hold up with this sort of workload at the plate, on the mound, doing it all? We just cannot say after a week of the season. And at the end of the season, if there are serious health issues, they even the Angels might have to say, damn, we got this great talent, but we just can't risk it. Yeah, yeah. They, they, and it's again, it's super early, and I, I'm throwing out there, again, I'm, I'm skeptical on the hitting. We'll see. But uh, it's a great story. I'm, I'm, it is. He's it, fun. It, it, it's, this He's is enjoyable. Time. All right, let's talk about the Houston Astros, who got their ring yesterday. Um, all right. The ring at uh, the top is you got an H. It's got 11 diamonds, one for each of the games that the Astros had to win the title. Oh, good one. Yeah, that's Smart. not the most creative, right? <laughs> 56 years in the making. So we got um, the 11 custom baguettes for the uh, 11. Baguettes? Post, uh, whatever it is. There's I don't bread know. on the ring? I hate, I, I'm going to get to my take here in a second. <laughs> the d- 101 diamonds for the 101 regular season wins, right? Yeah. Uh, 56 round diamonds encircling the logo for the 56 seasons of the Are Astros. Are the 56 round diamonds included in uh, the 101 diamonds? Just, I don't Are know. they're all separate things, diamonds? whole thing's exhausting. Uh, there, there is, what else do we have here? Hold on a second. There's, there's more. We've got uh, one, one side of the ring features each player's name. It's got the Astros uh, workmark uh, work framing of the Houston City skyline. I lived in Houston. Houston doesn't have a skyline. Place is lame. Um, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> the, other, I, I, the other side of the has the Houston Strong with the small eights. They're, they're you know, capitalizing on, on the d- worldwide dis- disasters, <laughs> which is cool. They did a lot for the community. I get it. Uh, you got the Commissioner's Trophy. There's a single solitaire diamond there that represent the first World Series victory for, for the Astros and the state of Texas because, you know, that's a nice troll to the Rangers there, too. Uh, and then you got the LVI Roman numerals for the 56-year history. Elsewhere on the ring, I'm going to keep going here. We got 10 <laughs> diamonds, one blue sapphire, represent the 11 times Houston made it to the postseason. Not the 11 wins, but the 11 times they made it to the that, postseason. That's the dumbest one. Uh, right, I'm going to keep on going. We got two princess-cut sapphires, one orange, the other's blue. That represents Houston's unique achievement of being both in the American and the National League. Don't forget about <laughs> that. They were once in the National League, now in the American that's true. League. The uh, Houston Astros ring. We're going to raise it one to ten go ahead rate the astros ring i'm gonna go one but all world <laughs> series and other championship rings are ones in my opinion they're i don't get it i really don't i what is it's weird see i don't see any rings on these fingers now partly that is a you know commitment phobe type of situation for myself <laughs> but i also like who would want to wear that ring like I, the the ego that it requires to to wear a ring like that and walk around. Want to see my I World mean, Series ring? I can't, I can't. That that's a guy that I probably don't want to hang out with. I think the rings are weird. I think they're dumb. I see people compare them, and I'm like, this is just a ring with some diamonds on it. Who cares? But I will say that they have the ring because it's a memento of the achievement. Who you know? What kind of Olympian wears their gold medal around? That guy's an idiot too. Right. This is not a you, thing people do. It's momentum to say, "Hey, I want a World Series." Here's a cool thing. I don't think guys are wearing them around outside of you know the ceremony or whenever they go to the White House or whatever it is. I would like to name that there's part of me that's incredibly jealous of professional athletes, and I give them all the props in the world for getting this level. But when I hear him say though, 
this was the dream. I always wanted this ring. I, I want to say, you are lying. That is not the dream. The dream was to get to the majors and actually play and make money and be on the team. Like, I don't think you, at least for me. I think you're being a little too literal. The, the ring sort of represents the achievement of their professional career. Yeah, but I hear it you don't, you're, As a kid, you're not like, man, I want to be the 23rd guy on the roster making 500K a year. When you're a kid, you dream of winning the World Series. And the ring is a stand-in in that phrase for the World Series. Right, so in conclusion, I have no idea what you're talking right, about. Right, but I guess maybe I have like a dreaming not as high level thing going going on here like nobody dream like i didn't dream as a kid of winning the world series i dreamt of playing yeah, you professional were... baseball like I yeah dreamt okay of being but what, the... what did you achieve as a professional baseball player like middle reliever I don't, all i wanted to do was 36 innings boom. a season if i got to i wear, love it all i wanted to do was wear the uniform and run out there hear my name called i think this says a lot more about you than the, that's correct than the, the houston the show, astros players well, well the show is, is about yeah, me the, right. by the way the, i forgot a couple things on the ring six round diamonds represent the six years that jim crane owned the astros <laughs> way to make it about you jimbo that's great good job that uh, is dumb i will say all yeah, of these uh, specific details are stupid by the way, you can get your own 112 limited edition Astros World Series championship rings. If you what like does the 112 one. mean? Well, it's been created because of the um, there's uh, 111 wins plus the 12th or something like that. Uh, the, the price is 11,112. All right. Um, the, the symbolic price represents the Astros' 11 postseason wins. They love this 11 postseason wins thing, as if that's creative. Plus, the team's overall wins 112, 11,112 for the wins, for the thing. Okay. All right. Baseball's unwritten rules is next. Okay. Which is equally annoying, by the way. Uh, are they dumb is the question. And it's, it's already out there early season because of the team that you grew up rooting for, the Minnesota Twins, who. Uh, had a pitcher, young pitcher by the name of Jose Barrios, who's, who's, who's solid and, and could be, who knows, uh, a stalwart in that rotation. But so the Twins are beating the Baltimore Orioles 7-0. It's the ninth inning. Young player Chance Sisko is at the plate for the Baltimore Orioles. Okay, there's, he's, the, the, Barrios has only given up one hit in the game, but he has given up one hit. Ain't no no-hitter here. And they play the shift against Cisco. So they get three guys on the left side of the diamond to the left of second base, and then we got one person playing third base and second, third base and shortstop. So, young player, Cisco, we're down seven. I want to get on, start a rally here. He drops the bunt down. Nobody's there. First base for, first base for Cisco, and the Twins after the game, namely Brian Dozier, their second baseman, is just livid. Here's the quote. Obviously, we're not a fan of it. He's a young kid. I could have said something at second base when he got to second base and Dozier standing out there. But I was choosing to be passive-aggressive and talk to the media afterwards um, and say that But they have tremendous leadership over there. He's hoping that the Orioles clubhouse would handle it. Why can't a guy drop down a bunt in a 7 nothing game to start a rally, Jake Valerius? Yeah, I, I don't agree with the Twins on this one. I, I, I just, I, I'm confused, really. I mean, this is, if you had a no-hitter, fine. They played the shift, so clearly, you know, they're still competing hard, even if it's a seven-run game. The whole thing was just bizarre, and I think, you know, Dozier doubled down more than once. He tried to clarify, yeah. and, you know, the whole thing was just weird. Right, he keeps doubling down, saying, hey, they didn't hold a runner, so they conceded the game, uh, which means they can't bunt. Dude... If you, nobody told you to not steal, uh, you could have taken the base if you wanted to. 7 nothing game. Maybe you don't trust your bullpen. And 
Different scenario. He's at the plate. He's trying to get on. They're down seven. I, 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 still, I don't think you can like tie. They did this, so we did that. You ate this, so I can eat that. What is this? Three? Are we, are we in <laughs> kindergarten here? It doesn't work that way, does it? I don't think it should. And the other, so and then we got people like Bill, Bill James out there, the uh, the father of modern analytics. You you know Bill James? Yes, I'm familiar. Uh, he, he went on Twitter. This, okay. this older gentleman, I love that he's social media all over it. Quote, any veteran player or manager who makes comments suggesting that a young player is doing something improper when he's simply trying to win, that's intolerable. Bill James wants like Brian Dozier suspended for five games for his comments. I don't know if that's what Bill James said. No, but, that's the quote. That's the quote. I mean, he didn't ask for the five-game yes, suspension. that's what I'm saying. But he's, he's very – this is upsetting for, for Bill and a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird thing, but baseball has these rules, right? It has certain codes. And for the most part, I actually like the codes. The you do. Pro- the problem with this instance is that there was no violation. There wasn't a no-hitter on the line. They were playing the shift. So in this case, the Twins are just wrong. All right, let's start there. It's a no-hitter. You can't bunt? You like that rule? You think that's a good unwritten rule? Can't bunt in a no-hitter. It's the sixth inning. You haven't had a hit. Can't bunt. Why would that be a rule? That's ridiculous. I, so, yeah, I mean, it First seems... time I've ever clearly won an argument with you before you said a word. <laughs> that, that's true. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Let's I mean, take a minute and pay your respects. Me... But I, I, I know I come at it from a different angle, less sort of specific, less focused on specific scenarios. I'm thinking... One of the cool things about baseball is it's got all this history behind it. It's been going on forever, by far the oldest professional game in this country. And one of the cool quirks that develops when something's been around this long is these sort of unwritten rules. You know, you do a certain thing. You can't do specific things in certain situations. You can't bat this way when a guy is up. You can only try. You don't steal a base when it's a blowout. You know, and some of this is kind of sporting stuff. Let's say, Brian, like, let's, say, let's say Brian Dozier's at the plate and he, and he hits a home run off of Jose Barrios. Is he, and, he, and it goes deep into the night. Can he stand there and enjoy his moment for a second? Can he flip his bat? Or does he deserve a, a, a shot to the ear the next time he comes up? That's an unwritten rule. You can't stand there and enjoy a home run. You're annoying the pitcher. Well, the, I mean, the interesting thing, though, is that these rules are always sort of, there's always a conversation right, around them, right? Up. Exactly. Which is why it's unwritten. If it were written, there would be specific guidelines and there would be no disagreement. Yeah, but, there's a general... but they're unwritten, and so we have these moments where guys are sort of pushing it. Guys interpret the game differently. They feel different things about the way we should interpret this stuff. And, I mean, the Twins got called out. I think, roundly, the baseball world agreed that they were just wrong. Jose Batista's bad flip was the coolest thing ever. Was that wrong? No, I didn't say it was. But it would be in the unwritten rules. That was way too... He threw the bat too far. He stood there too long. Yeah, I mean... How like, about, if, you, if you disagree with specific instances, whatever. But well, it's different about, saying, forget, like, forget, forget well, we just eliminate all of the sort of codes that have developed around the game. Forget a specific incident. You can't enjoy a home run, period. You, they want you head down, run around the bases. That's what baseball players want. Do not insult I mean, it's me. Not, it's not what all baseball players want. It's what some baseball players the want. The unwritten rules would say... You, you well, hit- the, I think you don't really understand the point. Like the concept of an unwritten rule is right there in the name. It's not written down, so they don't actually say anything. There are certain sort of cultures that have developed within the game that dictate that you know this is a way certain people think, and this is a way a lot of people do this, and this is the way stuff has been done. But that's one of the fascinating things about baseball, right? Unlike a lot of other sports, there's this constant back and forth between what has traditionally been the case and what current modern players want to be the case, and I. 
I find that cool. I find that interesting. Uh, if you just want to blame everyone who enjoys anything or doesn't no, enjoy I, anything no. or the reverse, that's, that's fine by you. But I think you don't realize that you are engaging in that conversation by, by saying this stuff. We have, we, we're going to move on here, but I think what you're not realizing is that I enjoy players enjoying the game and I want to see it. Like I think most fans. So some pitcher who's going to scream at a guy who just hit a home run and follow him around the bases and drill him the next time, that guy's a clown. And he's like operating on some unwritten rule. That was never written down or said, <laughs> to your point. All right, let's wrap up with Gabe Kapler, the fine manager of the Philadelphia yes, Phillies. This Gabe, guy's fascinating. The man. He loves coconut oil. We won't go deep into that, <laughs> but uh, that was, a, that was one, of the great, one of the great blog posts in the history of baseball. And, and now he's uh, in early into his managerial career, and he's taking out pitchers like Aaron Nola after 68 pitches in five and a thirds innings in a 5 nothing game. The, and he goes to his bullpen. They end up losing the game. Then he's, uh, he's used 18 pitchers in three games, and now he's sitting down with himself to like write down a whole thing of what he's learned, and he's trying to figure things out. Gabe Kepler, early odds, worst manager of all time. Is Three games in, you can't do worse. This guy's single-handedly losing 5 nothing games. Way to go, what's, Gabe. What's their record? Uh, the Phillies right now, I'm not, I, I, I'm not sure their record. off the top. They lost two of their first three, I know that. So I, I, I want to make sure I'm right here. We're, we're our research uh, guys is yes, on the research team. Yes, because I mean I, I I like him a lot. They're one in three. They're one in three. Okay, so disaster season over. Let's not play the last 158 games of the season, right? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't care what the record is. The, and you, if you if you take out a guy after 68 pitches because you think you're some smart. I, I like him. I like the guy. <laughs> He's interesting. I mean, I don't. I'm not a Phillies fan. Like I'm not. You know, I'm not going to comment on how they should be feeling about yeah, it, but. but He's interesting. He is a different character to what we've probably ever seen in this sport. A huge disciple of your main man, Joe Madden, we should point out. Sure. He learned a lot of this stuff from him. He's just funny. Like, he's a weird guy. He embraces it. He's clearly smart. He thinks about this sort of stuff. He's holding candlelit interviews in his office during spring training. Got Nora Jones on in the background. This is funny. This is cool stuff. This is the sort of personality that baseball needs we don't need more you know stuffy 90 year old men following the unwritten rules we need oh, cool oh, funny oh. gabe kapler type guys he's a story he's Listen, a cool guy i like him you know, I'm, a, I'm a kapler fan okay you know he's a cool, coconut oil you know he's a cool Get guy involved. i'll give you i'll give you a cool guy rex hudler's a cool guy he does quirky things he talks about the moon he's a he does a great job as a color, <laughs> a color he talks he, about the moon he's he, a color commentator he had a very he had a what's that got to do he with thought anything? the moon was a planet which was totally as far it's as i was probably the sort of thing you thought until you heard him get yeah, ripped I, for i got no problem with moon being a planet that's great that's it's not it's, how that it's, works in, in the, okay. it's in the sky it's a planet you want to think that that's cool i got planes like, in the sky like, is like that a, a planet I, I think he, well, right good <laughs> plane not a planet moon Okay. I got no. Go I, I got no problem. That's NASA mean, on the phone. I like you too. I'm not going to have you. Op, you know, do can't, I'm not going to have you operate on me if I if I need you to. You can't get... call a guy the worst manager of all time after four games of his first season. He went to the bullpen. So we're, what? We're, it's we're, four games. Wait, hold on. I want to get this out there clearly in case somebody missed it. He went to the bullpen to bring in Hobie Milner, who wasn't even warming up. Like, how could you possibly be that bad? As he said afterwards and apologized for extensively, it was a miscommunication. Right. So who knows? Maybe Maybe he just called the wrong number is when Milner he was trying to get the when he was is, the bullpen. Is Milner, is, is Milner ready? No, no, he's not even warming up. That's like, I, 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 why would he be possibly ready? Uh, you got to learn the ins and outs of the game. All right, he's figuring it out. All right, he's a first-time manager. This just goes. There to show is you. no problem. Coconut oil cannot solve. 
So give him time. That's an aggressive take right there. I learned there. that from Gabe Kapler. Uh, apparently, okay. <laughs> Go get, hey, listen, to your, I, I'm, I'm happy that, I like entertaining people. I just am highly skeptical this is going to work out for the Phillies and their general manager, Matt Kletnick, who hired Gabe Kapler after he's never managed. Got to give it time. Got to start things, you know, what baby steps in the minors. That would have been a, been a good place to start if you want to be a manager. It should, it should work that way. And I'm, this guy's also been on like six major league teams, he's still, I, I, which is kind of amazing that he doesn't know better. All right, great stuff. Great to be with you today, Jake. It was fascinating. I learned a lot, I think, today, I, I, about the moon me, and other things, me too. Me too. On the mark every Wednesday at noon Central Time. Thanks for checking us out. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.